dental insurance companies are in it to make money, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. We begin our podcast right there, and it's going to be a fun one. Computers are live, mixer is up, levels are good, equalizer is good, ready channels one and two. Mike is live in three, two, one, roll it. Welcome listeners to the My Practice, My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice, My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Before I get started on this podcast, I just want to thank everybody who's given me a call and you've asked me why I haven't been doing these each week. Some of you rely on them for your uh, weekly meetings, and I do apologize. Uh, Call it the COVID, call it laziness. I don't know what it is. But we are putting uh, two podcasts out each month. Sometimes uh, more, just depends. But Tracy and I have been super busy uh, with the company and so grateful for uh, all of you who have referred practices to us to help us help us train them in knowing what you know, all of you clients out there, and how you can, what you've been taught about being able to fight back uh, against insurance uh, protocols that are ridiculous and how to be able to be profitable on the things you do. Uh, my wife and I, we, we took our youngest out uh, to uh, Disney World and Universal Studios this past week. We got bumped from Hawaii. Normally, each year we go out to Hawaii to decompress, thanks to the governor. I'll not mention his name. I don't want to give him any advertising. But uh, Hawaii's been shut down, which many of you know. It's just been shut right down. Uh, but Florida's doing it right. I was absolutely amazed at the protocols that Disney and Universal have uh, instituted for all the people that are visiting there. And quite honestly, I I felt really good uh, being there. And I feel really good here. And what cracked me up is the protocols that they've instituted are uh, similar to what we do in our practices each and every day. (laughs) They were pretty much bathing us in uh, hand sanitizer and screaming at anybody who didn't keep their masks over their mouth and nose. And uh, I love the protocols. I loved what I saw them do. In other words, we can live with this virus until we squash it with uh, vaccines and and, uh, more people actually washing their hands. What a concept. Well, dental insurance companies, like I said in the beginning, are in it to make money, whatever it takes. Insurance companies benefit from and bend and alter laws that would put most of us dentists behind bars. Or at the least, uh, we'd be dismissed from a typical insurance plan if we tried to pull off the stunts that they do to us. And, and we dentists would never think, we would never think of altering our contracts at will to benefit our businesses with whatever contract we might have signed. Whether it's for a piece of equipment, our leases, or... I don't know, maybe a PPO plan contract, right? We would never think, you know, like we'd never think of upcoding procedures to get higher reimbursements from third-party payers or 
undermine the doctor-patient relationship to get gain. (laughs) Yet this is what our third-party friends continue to do on a daily basis to each other, or to each and every one of us, I should say, not to each other. They they do it because uh, for years they've been uh, void of collusion and antitrust laws. But thank goodness laws are passing. The McCarran-Ferguson Act is being overturned. So keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully good things will continue to come from the American Dental Association. That's why you pay your dues. It, I just want all of you to know, though, that, that it's a felony if a dental provider, you and I, if we were to upcode a procedure, meaning if, if a dentist were to place a silver amalgam filling in a patient's mouth and bill for a composite tooth-colored filling to a contracted third-party payer, i.e. the dental insurance company, uh, which would increase the reimbursement fee to us, the dentist. You see what I'm saying? You can't do a silver amalgam and bill out a composite fill. That's called upcoding. It's illegal. It's a felony. Why then is it legal for a dental insurance company to downcode when a dentist places a composite tooth-colored filling in a patient's mouth and the third-party payer only pays on the fee for a silver amalgam filling? which is obviously less expensive to pay on for the third-party payer. In addition, the verbiage on the patient's estimation of benefits communicates the appearance as if the dentist is responsible for the difference in fees of the composite restoration to the silver amalgam restoration. It also gives the appearance that the dentist has overcharged the patient, which is false, the communication on the EOB is deceptive and misleading. And this has been brought up multiple times from the ADA, you know, the American Dental Association. You know who those guys are, right? Yet the insurance companies have, have turned a blind eye. And any verbiage that drives a wedge of trust between the, the doctor-patient relationship, that has got to be stopped. And we are in the process in the state of Utah of submitting a bill in our state legislature, that would correct all the above issues. The great thing is that the state of Louisiana has already paved the way on this bill by passing their own law. This was big news, folks, with the ADA just a few months ago. What's even better, we can all improve on the bill with greater patient benefits and protecting the doctor-patient relationship. And that's where we need to get involved. We need to be involved with our political action committees. We need to, to help the executives of our associations. Uh, you know, instead of just griping and complaining, we need to be proactive. And that's what we've done here, uh, Tracy and I, in my practice, my business, with, the, uh, with our state uh, association. Uh, and we've been blessed to have very good executives. And we're working with our current executive right now. Let me help you guys understand what the Louisiana bill uh, covered. This is so cool. It was their House Bill 353, and it's by a rep by Chad Brown. And it prohibits a dental service contractor, a third-party payer, from systematically downcoding with the intent to deny reimbursement otherwise due to a dentist or other healthcare provider. It also prohibits downcoding the installation service like of a fixed bridge to a removable bridge. (laughs) What a concept. So in the state of Utah, we're adding the following verbiage, at least we're attempting to, 
that the dental service contractor shall in no way imply or state that a full contracted amount for a dental procedure is agreed upon in the provider contract is not billable to the patient. Have you all been noticing that? Yeah, we'll talk about that some more in a minute. Another law we are working on is one we already have on the books here in Utah, but third-party payers are changing rules again to combat the laws that we get passed that protect the patient and that protect us. And, and they're doing it without our written consent to the contracts that we've already signed and by, by which they have no legal basis to change without our approval. So the law that we're going, working on right now <clears throat> is called the Non-Covered Services. And this was actually, uh, this got helped pass by a legislature here in Utah who was actually a practicing pediatric dentist. So uh, it's, what we're working on is what's called a non-covered service law we're adding to the one that already exists. So a non-covered service is any dental procedure where a third-party payer does not deem as a covered expense. If a dental insurance company does not cover a procedure, it should be termed non-covered, not non-billable. So let me help you understand this some more. The Utah law, it reads as follows. It says, a dental plan that is entered into or renewed on or after January 1st, 2018, and an administrator providing third-party administration services or a provider network for a dental plan, then subsection B, it says, this section does not apply to a self-insured dental plan that is regulated by federal law. Don't worry, we'll be working on that one, uh, too. Part three says a contract between a dental plan and a dentist to provide covered services may not require directly or indirectly that a dentist provide dental services to a covered individual at a set fee by or a fee subject to the approval of the dental plan unless unless the dental services are covered services under the dental plan or the dental services are not reimbursed by the dental plan. The dental services are discounted for individuals who are part of a discounted dental rates plan, and the dentist who provided the dental services has elected to participate in the discount dental rates plan, and they cannot prohibit a dentist from offering or providing non-covered dental services to a covered individual at a fee determined by the dentist and the individual who will receive the non-covered service. Now, I know that's a lot of legal hoopla. It just basically states that they can't prohibit us from from charging the patient our fee-for-service fee if it's a non-covered service. (laughs) What a concept. And I'm sure in your mind you can start thinking of a ton of things that they do not cover, yet we contract with CDT codes in... In the, the agreements that we have, you know, they give you a list, a fees schedule. Anything on that fee schedule is fair game, but if they don't cover it, they can't, they can't say that we can't charge our fee-for-service fee on it. If they don't cover it, they can't regulate it. So many states have passed laws preventing dental plans from securing uh, consumers' discounts from dentists for services unless the dental plan covers that service. So these laws are called non-covered services, and they're called the NCS bills. 
they literally protect dentists' regular fees for services that the dental plan does not cover. A non-covered service, according to dental plans, has been defined as procedures that are not or would never be covered under the dental plan. And it's, you guys, it's, the, it's, it's mission critical that you understand why this issue is so important to dental practice. Non-covered services legislation simply protects you and I and the patient it, from doing free dentistry. And when we have to do free dentistry, sometimes we just won't do it. The vast majority of dentists in the country, in this country, participate with at least one PPO plan. Unless you're in Utah, then you're signed up for 25 or more. And usually they participate with several uh, of these dental networks. It's common knowledge that once a dentist participates in a PPO plan, the dentist is obligated to accept that network's predetermined or negotiated fee schedule as payment in full, right? The participating dentist is contractually obligated to write off any amount that exceeds the network's allowable fee schedule, regardless of the amount. Of course, uh, we know that that these plans have verbiage that allows dentists to charge additional fees for value-added services, but that's another topic above the pay grade of most dentists and office managers. That's what we teach on here at My Practice, My Business. So we don't have a problem taking insurance plans because we know how to be profitable on the plans and not upside down like most of you are. So having said that, I want you to know the financial impact of today's lowered reimbursement rates from third-party payers and increasing overhead costs. You've heard me yelp on this many times. Many dentists have questioned why they should be restricted to network fees for services that are under the contract but not covered on the patient's plan. Ah. As we were talking with the ADA a few weeks ago, uh, our contact out there, uh, she made the comment that a lot of dentists, with what they're being reimbursed on implants, they're saying, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to put in the, the most expensive and the best product, product implant out there on these patients. In fact, it's getting to the point where I can't even put in the more expensive implant and, and guarantee it. But first of all, who would guarantee anything goes in the human body? That's... That's a whole other topic, but if you want to do that, whatever. So years ago, some dental insurance plans allowed participating providers to bill their full fee, their full fee if a service was not covered by a, uh, by a, a patient's PPO plan. But as time has elapsed, you guys, dental insurance companies began restricting participating dentists to their network fees, even when services weren't covered. These plans, they just so graciously grandfathered dentists who, who had older participating provider contracts, allowing them to charge their full fees for non-covered services. But, you know, that didn't last long. <laughs> just ask us here in Utah. Those third-party payers immediately restricted the newer participating dentists to their network fees. And they prevented us from much-needed profits to be able to run our businesses from those non-covered services. <clears throat> in fact, I th it was back in 2008, our, our good friend, and I'm being facetious there, Delta Dental uh, Association announced uh, plans to require all Delta Dental participating providers to honor, honor locally approved Delta Dental fees, even for non-covered services back in January of 2011. And that was such an honor that they allowed us to incorporate into our already low reimbursed uh, fees uh, whatever fee they dictated. 
And up to that point, some Delta Dental carriers had allowed participating providers to charge their full fees for non-covered services, but including those services performed after the patient's maximum benefits had been reached. Delta Dental, their goal was to standardize their PPO contracts throughout the country. That's actually brilliant business for them. I don't like them. Although... (laughs) Although several uh, dental insurance plans had been restricting fees for non-covered services for several years, Delta Dental's announcement was the final kiss of death that prompted several state dental associations to do what? Take action and initiate non-covered services legislation. That's where it came into play. But my question is this. Why didn't all the states jump on this law to protect the patients and dentists who serve them? Why didn't all the dental associations in each state jump on this? Why couldn't we? Why didn't we? Why did we have to learn about this through osmosis? Thank goodness that several states now have non-covered services laws that prohibit, they prohibit dental carriers from limiting participating providers' fees for those services that are not covered by the plan. But these laws, they give dentists in those states who have non-covered services laws the right to charge their own fee if the procedure is a non-covered service directly to the patient. Each of, of the laws adopted to date, they mirror one another as to their intent. And, and the language is similar. Now, I want to get to that language in a second, but how many of you freak out charging your patient an additional fee. How many of you freak out or your office manager freaks out because, oh my goodness, we couldn't possibly charge the patient full fee for a service we provide? Unbelievable. Get over yourself. Stop doing that. So that language is similar and it sounds like this. Quote, no contract between a dental plan of a healthcare entity and a dentist for the provision of services to patients may require that a dentist provides services to its subscribers at a fee set by the healthcare entity unless said services are covered services under the applicable subscriber agreement. End of quote. Now, isn't that interesting? <laughs> All these non-covered uh, services laws, they're wonderful. They came out. Whoa, woohoo, we're going for it now. But here's the problem. Many dental insurance companies are changing their contractual agreements on non-covered services, which have always been the patient's responsibility for payment to now read the following. And all the office managers have seen this on the EOB. It now reads on the, the line item, whatever that is that they don't cover, and it says, Non-billable to the patient. Ha! That non-billable to the patient, this is placing a large financial burden on the dentist as he or she is now expected to pay for their patient's dental care. Once again, dental insurance companies are altering the original contract signed by you and I and bullying us to accept or be removed from the panel of providers. You either accept our terms or we're kicking you off. Isn't that great? Another wonderful tactic. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Went from humid climate in Florida to the dry climate of Utah. 
Another wonderful tactic that they're doing is going uh, through those non-covered codes and attaching a value of $1. If they attach a value, and some of you, my gosh, if you haven't seen that, you know, it's coming soon. We're in Utah here. We get hit with all the crazy stuff. So if they attach a dollar, uh, it, it's now a covered code. There it is. <laughs> it's covered at a buck. Again, this is preventing the dentist, you and I, from charging the insured patient for services rendered. Dental insurance companies should not be allowed to prevent a dental provider from charging for any dental procedure, technology, value-added material, or medication not reimbursed by a dental insurance plan. The state of Utah non-covered law will undergo an amendment that we are working on hard to read something like the following. This is what we're trying to get done. The ADA's backing us up on this like crazy. And by the way, it's Tracy and I at My Practice, My Business that we're working like crazy uh, with state legislatures and, and our UDA. And hopefully if we get this law passed here in 2021, then believe me, we're going to blanket this out to everybody to get the same laws changed. This is what we wanted to say. No dental contract between a dental plan and a healthcare entity or dentist for the provision of services to patients may change a non-covered service to a non-billable service, preventing a dental entity from charging and collecting for services rendered. Services include, but are not limited to, recognized dental procedures, technology, value-added material, and medications, end of quote. It's common knowledge with dental pro- providers that dental plan entities are bullying, threatening, and manipulating dental providers to write off services rendered. I, I don't know why. It doesn't affect them. That's a value-added service between you and the patient. That comes between the doctor-patient relationship. Why, why do they even enter into that equation? It doesn't come out of their pocket. And if, if they do not, they're told they do not need to be a provider for them. That's what you and I are told. We don't have to be a... This is how the conversation goes. Well, Dr. Thorup, you can either accept our terms or you can elect not to be a provider for our, our, insurance, our insured uh, clients. And that's a choice you have to make. End of quote. <laughs> Sorry. Because of the above-mentioned problem of control or what I just mentioned earlier, it, it would only make sense to add the following terminology to prevent coercion by the corporate dental insurance entities. And this is what we're trying to also add to it. Quote, No dental insurance company shall change or alter contractual agreements without the written consent of the participating provider. Notwithstanding medical malpractice or a provable breach of contract, no provider shall be removed from an insurance panel that he or she is a member of with said insurance company due to their non-acceptance of contractual changes that negatively affect patient care with lower reimbursements or alterations of coverage to the original agreed-upon contract between the dental entity and a dental plan entity. End of quote. <clears throat> These are things that we're working on for your behalf, folks. These are things that we're passionate about. These are things that, that have needed to be done for years, but People didn't realize the importance of it until now. When dental insurance companies do any, any of the 
the mentioned tactics that I've spoken of today, forcing the dentist to perform procedures without commensurate reimbursement, well, dentists are forced to lower the standard of care proportionally. What do I mean by that? And, and if we can have an honest conversation, let's just go there. What that means is we order less expensive supplies that may not have the long-lasting effects as the more expensive supplies. We may purchase crowns from entities that may not produce the best type of crowns for our patients. And do I even need to go there with uh, implants? The studies are out. Uh, which implants uh, have the higher failure rate? Which ones have leakage in the attachments? Which ones don't? I'll let you guys search that one out. I think I mentioned it in a podcast before. Insurance companies get to increase their profits. Once again, dentists and their patients become the losers in this equation of third-party payers. It falls on your backs, guys. It falls on the backs of of every man and woman who have been through dental school and are, are practicing and working our guts out to pay off those expensive loans uh, if you've just gone through dental school or last five or so years. And, uh, or if you want to purchase you know, new equipment to deliver the best dentistry that you know how to deliver, but you can't afford it because your profit margins are being sucked dry by those third-party payers. Isn't that interesting? The bottom line be looking for my practice, my business to be sending you a form to sign if we need to, to help us with these bills to be made into your state laws and be looking for us to be doing a very powerful e-blast and uh, contacting. We'll be contacting your state associations through our state association because we need to help each other. We need to stop allowing these third-party entities to control the things that we do. Laws that, that will protect your patients and help you be paid fairly for the services that you provide. Lucky for all of you, I'm here to remind you that dental school wasn't free, running your practices, that's not free, payroll's not free, loans aren't free, leases aren't free. It's not all free. Charge for it. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.